On this episode of Resuate, we take a look at the future of the smart home, where 2023 and 2024 will land, and also what's going on with voice control. All that and more next on Resiweek. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 368, recorded Monday, February 20th, 2023. Voice World. This is Resi Week, the weekly look at the residential market. My name is Tim Albright, in for the vacationing, and who the heck knows where in the world he is, Matt Scott. Uh, I'm your host. I'm usually doing uh, this on AV Week, uh, so I'm learning all about smart home and media and voice uh, this week. So, Joining me, uh, Amanda Wildman. Amanda is from True Media. Welcome, ma'am. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back. Welcome back to the States. Uh, Amanda got to hang out at ISC for for uh, for the week, so welcome back. That I did. It was a great time. Lots of great people, and I got to see some people in your side of the world. You did. You, you were sporting our, our buddy, Mr. Chris Netto's hat, if you're not watching the video, uh, his, his AV and the AM and his, uh, his podcasting uh, center there at ISC, so... Uh, another podcaster who is no uh, no stranger to these parts, nor to microphones, Seth Johnson from Blackwire. Welcome, sir. How are you, Tim? Doing fine. Doing fine. You need to listen to Seth's podcast as well. So good to see you, <laughs> sir. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Scotty Allen. Scotty is from Josh AI. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. Happy to be here. Uh, it, it's a little serendipitous. I don't know if Mitchell did this on purpose. He probably did because he's good that way. Uh, but we're going to be talking about uh, voice and, and things of that nature. So good to have you on, Scotty. Uh, first story comes to us from ResTech today. Jay Basson uh, writes on Amazon's supply chain issues. Amazon's quote unquote recent struggles in the supply chain industry have caused a ripple effect that may impact smart homeowners. The company's issues with shipping and inventory management have led to delays and shortages of popular smart home devices. Not unlike some some others in uh, in the industry, uh, it leaves uh, many customers frustrated uh, and looking for alternative. Ars Technica is reporting that Amazon Alexa was on pace to lose ten billion dollars in twenty twenty two. I did click on the link; it really said ten billion dollars. Um, yeah. Additionally, the rising cost of raw materials and transportation may result in increased prices for smart home products in the future. However, Amazon's struggles may very well be temporary disruptions for smart home uh, owners. You've also got the industry as a whole where you've got non-Amazon voice options such as Siri and Apple Home, Google, Mycroft AI, and of course, Scotty's company, Josh AI. Uh, Amanda, we'll start with you. You're the one who's uh, in folks' homes on a daily basis. What what does this look like? What what is what is the the 2023 outlook for for smart homes in general? Well, at least over where we are, outlook is great. Um, people are still adding more and more devices, and now that we're finally starting to get a few more things, yes, there are still some things that are on back order. Um, you know, that's that's obviously a pain point that all of us, I think, most of us in the industry have planned for a little bit better. We know we're ordering stuff out earlier. We know what we generally have to have in stock. So we're getting a little bit better for that. I think you're going to see more of the pain point. They mentioned in the article about like the Amazon Prime with the shipping and the things like that. I think you're going to see more of a little pent up headache with individuals going and buying the individual products where us integrators, we've got a lot of our supply chain a little bit more figured out. Um, 
through our relationships and things like that. So I think that's going to affect the individuals perhaps a little bit more. Uh, but of course, the real thing coming in with voice is, you know, people have sat in their homes for two plus years now, and they're trying to push the envelope and see what they can do. So even though like there's talk of potentially going into recession, um, I don't see a huge slowdown, at least in my market area of people not adding in more devices or making more conveniences or seeing what it is that they can do now uh, with their home. All right, Seth, same kind of question. When you guys look at it from from your standpoint and also when you're talking to dealers and your customers, what what are they telling you as, as is the outlook for this year? Everybody seems pretty cautiously positive, I guess would be the best way to describe that. Um, it, it's everybody that is buying is still just going full speed. Uh, and, and we, when we get some product in that has been on short supply, uh, it's gone within a matter of minutes or hours. I mean, there, there's sometimes we get some particular access points and they're sold out within minutes of us putting, you know, 150 of them on the website and all of a sudden they're just gone. So there's, there's definitely still demand there. There's, and, and it's like, like Amanda said, it's just a matter of like knowing what you need to have in stock and know when, when you can get it and what is kind of in those short supplies um, on the manufacturing side, they're, they're still struggling a, a little bit to get some of the product in. Although I'm now hearing better stories than I was for the past two years. Um, you know, I, I, I just talked with one vendor who I'll, I'll leave her name name nameless, but like we, we went out of the stock on their product probably towards the beginning of 2020. Um, they had a bunch of other issues besides the whole pandemic thing that that kind of led into that but it was just an unfortunate time for them uh when i spoke with him yesterday the day before they said that all back orders are going to be fulfilled by march and they're going they have in transit five times the amount of product they need on this one or two particular SKUs that have been missing from their lineup for a while so um it's nature seems to be healing and and that that's that's a good thing for everyone Seth, really quickly about that specifically, and again, don't don't mention the name of the of, of the, the vendor there. But how, how do you then convey that to to your clients and your customers, saying, "Hey, not only are are your back orders being filled, but also, by the way, we're going to have not just what you've asked for already, but also we're going to have plenty to cover you for the next you know six nine months, maybe even the, the next year, to help them as they're in the field quoting." quoting jobs that, you know, maybe a month ago, they wouldn't have quoted that specific product, right? Because, hey, you know what? It's on back order for two years. I don't know when it's coming in. Suddenly, holy cow, not only is it is it coming in, but but it's coming in in droves. Uh, we're staying cautious on it because it's not like we haven't heard that before. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we are going to be ramping up some trainings and that kind of thing to to kind of coincide with with the, the sudden influx. So all of a sudden, there's going to be product on the market. We're going to be able to you know, explain to people, you know, yes, it's in stock. It's, we don't perceive any issues with it, but also um, here's how you use it in your projects because <laughs> we kind of started with this particular product and I'm just kind of singling this one out. Uh, we were ramping up to sell a whole bunch of it. And then all of a sudden the world shut down it was uh, a bit difficult with that one in particular. So we're, we're happy to just start <laughs> at this point and start it, start again. It feels like a, a fresh start for everybody. Yeah. Scotty, uh, Josh AI has been in this part of the business basically ever since you guys started, right? That that's how you know my first introduction uh, was with my buddy 
uh, Rich Fragoza as we kind of dis- we we didn't discover Josh Ayer, but we we found out about it from ourselves at Cedia a number of years ago, and I I sat and just listened to him and, and Alex geek out for an hour on, on the show floor of Cedia Expo. Um, look at it from from your guys's perspective, but also from your dealer's perspective and their clients. Where where do you see smart home in general uh, heading as as far as as twenty twenty three? Yeah, well, first of all, I've heard Alex talk about that just like Rich for many more hours, so I, I hear you. Um, I'm certain. Um, but yeah, no, um, seeing this article and just talking about, you know, when you see a vendor like Amazon or any vendor see a retraction and sort of how they're supporting the market, um, smart home and what Amazon services in our market is very different than what we all do today, day to day, right? How they interpret smart home is maybe playing music on a smart speaker right? And nothing else connected to that device. Um, So, you know, when we think about that and kind of some of the news that came out of Amazon, I don't think it really impacts where we're going or what our market's doing. It's just a good data point of what big tech's going through right now. Um, But as far as 2023 goes, um, you know, there is a lot of exciting tech that big tech can bring to us and then also the relationships that we have in other places. So, um, you know, if, if anyone does follow our CEO Alex's feeds and things like this, um, we're playing with a lot of exciting technology, um, ChatGPT being one of those technologies from OpenAI and how it can augment kind of the smart home experience. And specifically, we've been showing demos of ways that you can uh, give commands that, you know, a traditional smart home wouldn't know about. But with generative AI, now you can answer a lot more questions. And it's really exciting, um, you know, knowing what are the you know top Oscar movies with female actresses and getting a list of those and then being able to ask your TV to play one for you? It's pretty different than Googling that and then trying to prep for your Oscar party so you don't lose 10 bucks, right? Um, so I think there's a lot of ways that 2023 is going to bring us different things, but it's interesting the kind of leading with this article around Amazon, but then seeing other technologies from OpenAI and Google's Bard that might actually be kind of the next generation of how we see our industry trying to adapt to how big tech, big tech can help us really. You, you mentioned something there and I want to, I want to just kind of dive into it for a second. And that is almost like a holistic search, right. For, for the experience. And that is, you know, the, the, the top Oscar movies with, with female leads and then having your system be able to integrate and then, quite frankly, find where you can stream it or find where it is on your library. If you've got it downloaded somewhere, you have a, a DVD of it somewhere. That's actually even even a step beyond what maybe uh, the current smart home user is experiencing. Where do you, if you had to put a guess, how soon are we to that? How close are we to that? Um, well, technically, we're not that far. Some of the challenges right now with um, generative AIs like OpenAI or ChatGPT is um, they're not always right. They'll give you an answer. And this has been proven. If you've watched any of keynotes of any of the tech companies, Google had a good, good example where Bard was just factually wrong. Um, and I, I think that's a good example of you're walking around your smart home. You don't want it spewing false information to you. And you probably don't want your home just spewing information to you. So um, I was reading an article this week um, on just kind of where this fits and how to think about these um, new technologies like ChatGPT. And there was one sort of quote that, that stood with me, and it was basically saying it's, it's like a third brain. We have our left brain. We have our right brain. Having ChatGPT or other technologies like that is like a data brain that's available to us. 
we might not like the data it gives us. The data it might gives us is wrong, just like friends and family and everyone else in our life is giving us information, but it's something we still draw upon and we still use to form decisions. So when no one else is there and you have your left brain and your right brain, who are you gonna ask to sort of fill out that last part? And I think it's gonna be an interesting resource in the home to make determinations about what we wanna do next. Um, and so I think we're going to see some cool stuff this year to really answer your question, Tim. I don't think this is a 2024 thing. I think we're going to see some really neat practical applications of that in the CI space this year. Yeah, I like that, that analogy of, of, of our third brain because there are days that I need all the brains that I can get. And can we give Tim to a real quick shout out, though, to Alex, as far as like being a CEO that really like walks the walk and talks the talk, like if you're not following him, like in this industry, he's always kind of like pushing the envelope, putting challenges out there, asking people, what would you like to see happen? What questions are you hearing out there? And I think that that's a real like, I hope that we start seeing more technology CEOs that kind of do that, right? Where they're actually asking their integrators, asking their audience, what do they want to see? What questions are people asking? Like, I might not have time to tinker with how to make all those things kind of like interact, but my client might be interested in that. I can send that over to him. Hey, here's a suggestion of an idea. If his team thinks that it's a good idea, they might pick it up. They might tinker around and play around with it. And I would love to see more CEOs do that. So if you're not following him right now, like totally do that. And if you are involved in one of these tech companies, like it's, it's hugely important for us as integrators out there. It's like, we know that we have the confidence that we have a team behind us that is helping us kind of tinker with it too, and kind of put together case studies and trial and error some of those things out. So just a quick shout out to Alex and, and following his feed. Absolutely. And, and the other thing is, is it gives, it gives the team at Josh AI a pipeline from customers to get exactly what it is that they're they're thinking about and what it is that they think they're, they need next. So absolutely. Yeah. One, one quick, I don't want to like keep on that, but like it's, it, she's totally correct. Like it's a really good thing. Um, but I think one thing that really lends credibility to um, what Alex has done uh, is that credibility. Um, he's, he's very, when he posts or when he talks about something, he's not saying this is something we're offering today. This is not something we're offering right now. This is something that may be on the future. Here's how it works. Here's how it doesn't work. Like the chat GPT fell flat on its face halfway through his demo. And he pointed it out. He's like, this is what I'm talking about. This is how it's early. Um, that's a great, that's a, that's, that is just, that's what we need. We don't need some CEOs I've seen, you know, go out and say we do A through Z and really you shouldn't only be doing A through B. Like that's really, A and B is all that works, but you know, C through Z, um, that's the promise. And, and that, tendency to, um, you know, overpromise and underdeliver really does, uh, shorten the lifespan of, uh, or shorten our ability to sell product into people's homes when that's what they're used to. But if you see somebody out there saying, this is the truth, this is how it is. Um, and not promising that chat GPT is going to change the world. And I, I, I do like what Scotty said, you know, it's, it, tends to not work really well because it lies to you. And I'm seeing like people refer to it as BS as a service now. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's not something you want to have in your home where it's insisting no. that your lights are working and they're all turned off. So like that, all that kind of stuff does need to be worked out. And uh, it, it's very exciting to see how that could augment uh, the, the home in the future. I can't wait to see my kid use it in an argument against me. You know what I mean? <laughs> But oh Chat my. GPT said, "Mom, don't, don't, don't nope. Dad, nope. I may have yeah. to block Chat GPT from my kids' device. <laughs> that, that, that's thank you for that, Amanda. Yeah, um, 
no, it, it, Alex is really in all seriousness. Alex is fantastic. Uh, yeah. So you really do need to, to follow him. Um, speaking of, of voice control, Simon Forrest writes in Residential Systems about what is next for voice. Uh, according to Simon, voice assistants are almost at almost 50% of U.S. households owning them in some way, shape, or form. Um, the use of voice assistance in commercial and public setting is predicted to increase in the coming years, leading to new applications and advancements in the technology. Uh, like I said at the, top, at the top of this, you know, very nice that we have Scotty here. Uh, so, Scotty, we'll, we'll start on you. Where Where is voice heading? And is it, you know, the integration of not just chat GPT, but other, uh, other AI, other systems that it can pull from? to make the the experience more seamless. Well, I think that article does a good job of sort of the painting the picture of a, a new threshold that we're about to pass, which is we're about to have more um, voice assistants in the world than we do have people, um, which is pretty crazy to think about. That article kind of paints the picture that we'll cross the 8 billion mark of voice assistants um, in, the ne in the coming years. And that's about where we are with the population. So, um, it just shows how available it is, yeah. right? And when you make technology available to people, it's amazing the different ways that they use it. Um, not to go back to our chat GPT part, but there's a perfect example of, of it just kind of exploding in different use cases. When you specifically look at voice, um, I always say, and here at our team when we're solving problems, we're really lucky that we get to use the tool of voice, but we get to do it in the industry that you know everyone on, in, in this market serves. A place where there are intelligent uh, shades, right? There's smart thermostats, there's intelligent lighting and, and music systems and video. Um, we're playing with the future, right? We get to play in a sandbox with a really cool interface that 8 billion people are about to have, but we also get to play with all the ways that it controls and connects to stuff. And so it really is magical when you walk into those environments. We kind of use that that word too much in our marketing and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, being in that sandbox lets us see some really unique and special use cases. And um, yeah, just to add a little bit more to that, um, one thing that I've been playing with in my home with my Josh system kind of takes this voice experience to the next level. And it's accessing kind of all that technology in my house with really simple commands. So one of my favorite things to talk about, and Alex on his feeds shows lots of really interesting use cases for Josh, but one of my favorite is my good morning experience. So I just have a good morning scene and um, I call it wake me up. And so before I go to bed, I say, hey, wake me up at 6 a.m., Josh. Um, and so that experience isn't like my annoying you know, alarm on my phone. That means that a little bit before six, the lights down the hallway start to come on. I'm creating my own poor man's version of Ketra uh, sunrise in my, in my room, right? I get soft music. I don't like getting out of bed when it's cold, so the temperature comes up. And these are all technologies that people will put in their homes, right? standard in our projects, but this is bringing it together in a more accessible way. I don't have to get out my Lutron app and set, oh, I want the lights to come in at this time and then set my thermostat to do a different thing. Um, I'm really able to just leave my phone aside and give a really simple command to enjoy all that technology. So I think the more we can minimize that interface between people and the technology that we're putting in their homes, the more they're going to use it and the more they're going to enjoy it. And I think more, more voice is a good example of how people can really access that. All right. Seth, same kind of question is where, where do you see, you know, voice, voice evolving in this market? And, and, you know, as the article mentions, even possibly even into commercial. 
Well, to me, voice is just another interface into the smart home. It's not the be all end all. It just kind of augments what you already have. If you have keypads on your wall, if you have a touchscreen on your wall, the voice is going to augment that technology and enable you to control things in different ways. So uh, kind of, you know, building on what Scotty was saying about creating lighting scenes and, 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 and automations, um, we're at the very beginning of voice for everyone. And there will be a day where you just kind of walk in and say, turn on the lights and it just does what you want it to do. And we're, we're kind of there now, but we're not really there now. There's still like, it's still like the old um, DOS prompt, right? It mostly type in the special command and the incantation exactly how it's supposed to be hit enter and it works now josh ai has some really nice technology around that where it's a little bit more advanced than some of the other products that are on the market but um for them for most everybody else out there they're they're yelling at a light to turn on and it's not turning on the way they want it to be but i think as voice gets more mature and as these you know ai technologies are introduced as more people get their hands on it and it's more broadly accepted, you know, 8.4 billion units worldwide um, doing voice control. Um, we're we're going to slowly see that ramp and, and, and to where it becomes, you know, almost replaces what you have on the, on the wall for a keypad that is going to do exactly what you want to every single time with whatever you say, doesn't matter what you say, it's just going to do it. And that'll be nice. I'll, I'll be, I'll be happy to see that. It, it may be a minute, Seth. Uh, <laughs> Amanda, you, you know, uh, real real world talk here. You know, what what are you seeing in the in the field, and what is what are customers asking for? Well, I what I think about voice is I think it's going to be just like another opportunity for people to figure out the best way to control their home in in what situation. So we all have those people that they want to have the touchpad on the wall, but then when they sit down and they're actually working with their TV, they want the handheld remote, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just another interface of what they're going to have preference for. Now in kitchens, like we're seeing a lot of voice wanting people wanting to have voice in kitchen because while they're cooking and while they're, you know, cleaning up or things like that, they don't want to touch an actual interface. You don't want to be cutting up your chicken while you're preparing dinner and then the salmonella of touching, you know, a keypad or whatever it is that you're doing, right? So voice is obviously the natural one there. So I think you're going to start seeing certain rooms and certain areas that are going to be the best for that. Yeah, there you go. Um, but also... I'm really excited about what it's going to do to allow for independence and uh, with elderly and with people with disabilities. Oh, wow. um, that's yeah. a huge passion for yeah. mine. And um, a couple of years ago, like I had uh, my grandma, she's passed away now, but she was older. And one of the things I loved about having voice technology is she could just be in her house and she could say, you know, play me. X, Y, Z, whatever, right? Whatever music she wanted to listen to or read me the Bible. She was one that she always liked to, you know, read the Bible in the afternoon, but her eyesight started getting bad. So it would read the Bible to her or she could say, you know, call Amanda. And since my phone's, phone numbers and stuff were stored in there, she didn't necessarily have to pick up the phone, dial the numbers, remember the numbers. She could just tell it to call me. And um, I think that you're going to see a lot of really thing, good things with independence and in particular, we had one client um, and he was um, starting to go through um, MS. Hmm. And as we know with that, like the first thing that you're, the last thing that you're going to lose is going to be your voice. You start losing mobility. And I think, especially for like men who are used to being the providers of the home and the strong independent, being able to take care of everything, 
they get frustrated as they age or as they start getting those disabilities where, hey, I can't maybe walk over to the light switch to turn it on or off, or maybe the, that key button, or you know, I lose some mobility in my hands. My voice is something that I still have. And so that's going to allow them to have that independence longer um, and have that pride a little bit longer. So I'm excited to see because I think voice is going to be a real big game changer um, for that as far as independence and other areas. Yeah, we, we forget about that. And I, I, I make the same mistake. Um, and I, I interviewed, I'm trying to find it, uh, Keith Watson, who was a, a gentleman I had on my podcast uh, a few years back. And he had gone blind. And having voice control into his house was yeah. an absolute game changer for him. It, it caused him from just kind of needing help on every little thing to being able to live in his house. Yeah. Um, uh, an amazing, just, and I know there's millions of people out here like, like Keith and, and, and that's in that situation. Um, I, I always forget about that, but when it, when it comes back to it, it's being, you know, one of those things that kind of may frustrate me if the light doesn't turn on or off or the gate automation doesn't work or something for some people, that is the way they can live within their house by themselves and, and be independent from needing anybody else's help. It, it's, well, it's a game changer. And it's a game changer for, you know, having to have a full live-in person or having to go into a facility versus I just need a little bit of help to do mm -hmm. some of those other things. So being yep. able to create that wake up scene, being able to, you know, create that good night scene or make those things happen with voice, that could be the difference between someone having to go into assisted living, you know, sooner or later, or, you know, if you have a loved one at home and it's a couple, it might be, you know, a little bit less frustration, right? Where that, you know, person can still have their independence. So I'm yep. super excited uh, for what's going to happen with that, with the whole voice platform. Now, accessibility is is one of those things that really is where the, this industry can make a difference. Um, there, there's something I will, I will tell my team, you know, from time to time is, is you know, this is not rocket science, right? That This is not, you know, state secrets. However, what we do on a day in and day out basis really does make a difference in people's lives and in a lot of times for the better. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, gang, that is going to do it. Uh, we are all, all almost up to uh, 30 minutes here. So I'm going to say goodbye and thank you. Uh, Amanda Wildman, good to see you and your beautiful red glasses. Uh, <laughs> how do people connect with you or True Media? Thank you. Well, you can find me at True Media Home on any of the socials. Uh, Matt Scott loves to hear that, including TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, my website, anything of the above. And I just want to give a two second shout out because I'm involved with CEDIA and the CEDIA Board of Directors. Yep. If you guys have not gone to the website yet, whether you are a CEDIA member or not, they now have a new free toolkit for workforce development and the video is amazing. So if you have not seen it, please go find it, download it, share it, get out there, go to a school and educate some people because we need some awesome people in our workforce. Cause as we talked about today, it's only growing. Yeah. And Amanda didn't pay me to say this, but I would say she's probably the best AV person on TikTok. So uh, her are, are spot on. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Seth, good to see you, sir. Uh, Seth Johnson, um, uh, from, from Blackwire. Uh, how do people connect with you? How do people connect with your uh, podcast as well? Uh, oh, well, uh, blackwiredesigns.com is where I work and it's a value add distributor for the CDA marketplace. And, and I will say that CDA video made me want to be an integrator again. That, that is mm, very good. Very good. It was very well thought out and done. Uh, the podcast is um, hometech.fm. It's it's mostly centered around home technology, and and we've been pretty heavy on the DIY stuff lately. But I'm hoping this year uh, that the pro, the, there's going to be more pro product that comes in we can talk about. 
All right, very good. Scotty Allen, good to see you, sir. Uh, how do people connect with you or Josh AI? Thank you, Tim. And thank you, Seth and Amanda. This has been so fun. I know I'm stepping in for Alex, but um, love spending the time with all of you. Stepping uh, in my foot. You are a full-fledged member of this panel. Happy and to you be are your own person, Scotty. We we acknowledge you. <laughs> you are you are replacing no one. You are Scotty Allen. I feel heard. All right. Well, here I am. Um, Want to reach out, Scotty at Josh.ai or um, Josh.ai on all of the uh, socials, including TikTok. So Amanda will be tagging you shortly if we haven't. <laughs> I have not seen yours. I I, I must admit, um, it's you know, yeah. Um, I, I it's a work know. in progress for well, me. Well, here's the thing. I don't know what's going on with my For You page, right? I have no idea. And I understand it's an algorithm. I don't like the algorithm. It is what it is. I'll leave it at that, right? Yeah. A lot of debunking <laughs> videos. Anyhow, for me, my name is Tim Albright. Do not follow me on the Twitters because I'll just be promoting the blues and other stuff, St. Louis. Uh, but go by the website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this. You'll find AV Week, which is where I usually belong. Uh, also check out the brand spanking new women in AV, Jennifer Goodyear and Erica Carroll uh, hosts uh, that show. And the first episode is on mentoring. So definitely check that out. Uh, also check out our other podcasts, just at, such as EdTech, Data Control and others. All that and more at avnation.tv. It's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Rosie Week. Rosie Week.